this morning, prior to uh, recognizing our graduates, uh, we're going to open God's Word together uh, for just a little bit, uh, from to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Now, um, this, this is a challenge, of course, to our graduates, both high school and to college, but but as I prepared this week, the reality is it's a challenge to all of us. Okay, if we are, if we claim faith in Christ and we walk with Him, this this really is a challenge to all of us. From Proverbs chapter three, um, many of us can quote uh, from from heart uh, verses five and six: Trust in the Lord with all your heart; lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Well, we, we're going to broaden the scope this morning as we think about this, because here's, here's the deal. This time of year, uh, two of the most quoted verses um, are Jeremiah 29.11 for, um, I can't even quote it. What? For, what? Whatever. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you hope. And a future. Whew. Thank you for the kickstart. Um, that who do I? Fail. Well, if it's word perfect, I'm sure I failed. So anyway, that verse, Jeremiah 29:11, as well as uh, Philippians chapter one, verse six. Uh, what is wrong with me? No, it's not. I can do all things. It is He who began a good work in you. We'll carry it on into completion in the day of the Lord. That's one of my favorite verses. And we hear a lot about God's great plan for, for our graduates, for each of you. And, and the reality is this. God does have a great plan for Cece and for Haley and for Bo and for Austin. God's got this incredible plan that is beyond the scope of our imagination. Oh, how I wish we could get that in our minds. That God's plan is bigger than we are. Yet, that plan, we have to understand that plan begins with the gospel, right? The gospel that Christ died. Imagine, in our greatest need, our greatest need is not money. Our greatest need is not education. Our greatest need is not fame and fortune. Our greatest need is that the sin problem in our lives be dealt with. And God, knowing our greatest need, before time began, had a plan in order to remedy what he knew would happen when mankind stumbled and fell. He sent his son Jesus. Jesus came. He dwelled among us. And uh, he, he wore flesh so that he could lay his life down on the cross. And he died in our place, in your place, my place. He died so that we could be forgiven. And he rose again so that we could have life. Isn't that incredible news that our great God has remedied the one greatest problem we all have? Done. Settled in Jesus. And so if God's going to meet the greatest need in the gospel, don't you think He knows about all the other needs? Don't you think in His great plan is, is a plan for, as the, the, the title is, the successful life? Now let's define it. Success is not defined by Hollywood. It's not defined by the American culture. 
It's not defined. This word success, uh, this successful life that we're talking about today is something that is driven by God's design, by God's desire, by God's plan, that you and I would know Him and walk with Him and encounter Him throughout our lives as we serve Him and we glorify His name. How are we going to do that? How is it that we're going to hold tight to our faith in college, after college, in the workplace? How will we do that? Well, when we look at Proverbs chapter 3, 1 through 12, it's divided in two parts. It deals first with the internal. And then it comes to the external. We can have all the external activity and action in our lives, but if we don't deal with the internal, all our external actions are void and null. So listen, Proverbs chapter 3. I want to give you six truths of successful living. Begin with the internal. Number one, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Number one is this. Build on a strong foundation. Now, I'm not a builder. Um, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of building, but what I do understand is that one of the most, the hardest parts of building or the most tedious parts of building is laying the foundation. Because you have to make sure that the foundation goes to the right depth. You have to make sure that it's level, that it's plumb, that that when you put the support, when you begin to build on top of the foundation, that the foundation won't crumble around you. If we're going to be successful in living and walking our lives with the Lord, we've got to build on a strong foundation. What is that foundation that, uh, that Solomon writes about here? My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandment for length of days and years of life and peace they add to you. He's talking about the, the role of authority, the, the role of truth in life. So if we're going to build on a strong foundation, we've got to build on the foundation of truth that is the Word of God. you understand that? Uh, we've got to lay the foundation of the Word. Because if the Word is not the foundation of our lives, then every time a decision is made, we will be tempted to waver. Every time life begins to to, to shift or, or feel like we crumble, it crumbles around us, we begin to waver. Why? Because sometimes our lives are not built on the foundation. So we begin with a foundation of truth, especially in the world we live in where truth is continually assaulted by our society. We must be more diligent to put in the hard and tedious work of laying a good foundation. Okay? start with a strong foundation. The, the second truth, verse 3, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good success in the sight of man and of God. The second is this, be kind and consistent or faithful throughout life. A little kindness goes a long way. Uh, I, I, uh, here, uh, we live in a very viciously narcissistic society. And instead of being kind to others, we we try to manipulate, we try to we try to push and 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 be hard on others to get our way. That is not the biblical way. That is not the Jesus way. Solomon writes to his son, 
put kindness and compassion, steadfast love and faithfulness, mercy and truth, tie it around your neck and make sure that that characteristic is, is, is great in your life together. A little kindness goes a long way. A little kindness. So we must be kind, demonstrating the love of Christ. The, the third is this. Walk by faith, not by sight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. That word trust, that word trust is, is a complete obedience, a complete acceptance of what God has said, and a reliance on Him. Now, I've given you this picture before of sitting in a chair. That when you sit in the chair, you have to trust that it will hold you up. Now, for some of us, that's harder than others, right? Easy, easy. Look, that is like the pot calling the kettle black, I know. When I, was, uh, when I worked with the Boys and Girls Club, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life happened. We were having the annual Steak and Steak fundraiser there in, at, at the furniture market in Tupelo. And it was a, a banquet-type banquet fundraiser. All these people from, from all over the, the region came in to give their money to the Boys and Girls Club, and they paid high dollar to that. And, and, and I was the only minister on staff with the club, and so it was my job to, to, um, to say the invocation and bless the food. Well, I did that. I, I was the only one that wore a suit. I was the only one of the staff that wore a suit because I was up there in front of everybody. At the end of my prayer, I, I quickly got down and I, I went to the back where Wendy was sitting around, around this table and, and I took my seat with her. Now, let's just be honest. There are some seats that weren't made for men like me. This was one of those little banquet chairs with the scissor legs. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yep, some of you are going, I know what happened. Yep. I sat down in that chair. And as I sat down, I felt it going, bam! I hit the floor, and a thousand people immediately turned to me. Wendy says she's never seen me get up and move so fast in my life. Let me tell you what it taught me. It taught me to never trust those chairs. And so when, when I walk into a room and you've got one of those scissor leg chairs, I'm going to stand up in the back of the room. And Wendy has convinced me before to sit in one. And, and just to be quite honest, this is how I sit in them. I put one leg forward and I put one leg back and I sit like this. Because I don't trust the chair. Been there, done that, don't want to do it again. A lot of us approach God that way. We say we trust Him. But when life is hardest, we approach Him as though we have to support ourselves. Now, that's not what this word trust means. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That is, lay it all on Him. Lay it all on Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Recognize who He is. Recognize how strong He is. Recognize how much you need Him. 
and He shall direct your paths. Or He shall make your paths straight. The reality is this. If we don't trust the Lord and we feel like we have to support ourselves, then what happens is our, our paths become crooked of our own choosing. We bring upon ourselves harm and hardship that God never intended because we don't trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So walk by faith and not by sight. I need to do some more squats, Doc. Um, walk by faith and not by sight. It doesn't make sense sometimes. But yet, yet that is God's desire for us. Fourth thing. Fourth thing, we move from the internal to the external. The, the way we live this out, verse, um, verse number 7, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord in all things. He says, be not wise in your own eyes. I would sum that up with this. Don't get cocky about life. Don't get cocky. One of the most... Uh, one of the most arrogant things we do, and, and I, I know I've said this before, quoting a professor of mine, is that when we get up in the morning and we face our day and we never begin it before Jesus. Because we think we can handle it on our own. Well, we can't. So he says here, honor the Lord in all things. That is, uh, acknowledge His dependence, respect His authority, and live in such a way that every decision, every action, everything you do shines a spotlight of glory on Him and never takes away that light from Him. So honor the Lord in all things. Be generous. The fifth thing. Be generous to bless others. Verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Honor the Lord with your wealth. That is to say that everything that you have been given is not yours to indulge, but to bless others with. Yes, God supplies all of our needs. But one of the great characteristics throughout Scripture of our great God, and one of the great characteristics of those who follow after Him, is generosity. We ought to be willing to be generous toward others. He is the most generous in that He gave His only begotten Son in our place. But then we are, we are given over and over these, these directions. The Old Testament law was, was full of directions to the people to take care of the poor, to, to, to show kindness to others through giving. And even in the New Testament, the off, Paul took offerings to take care of others. Why? Because generosity is a characteristic of those who entrust their wealth to the Lord. Those who want to honor Him with their wealth. Be generous to bless others. The sixth thing is this. Listen to the Lord. Learn and return. My son, verse 11 says, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of His reproof. For the, Lord for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father to the son in whom he delights. 
Listen to the Lord. Learn and return. Discipline happens because God loves you. As a matter of fact, Scripture says if the Lord doesn't discipline you, it's because you're not His. The Lord disciplines those whom He loves. That, that begins with this point. Let me tell you, graduates, let me tell you, parents, let me tell you, um, folks, let me tell every one of us, you will mess up. And if you say, no, I've never messed up, Scripture says you're a liar, so you messed up. You will mess up. But the good news is this, that when we mess up as God's children, there is discipline that comes. You say, well, how's that good news? Because that is the, the desire of our loving Father to bring Him back to Himself. He loves us so much. The last thing He wants is to let us go to our own demise. But when we mess up, when we make bad decisions, it, it may be painful, but it is temporary as He draws us back through that discipline. We've got to learn. We've got to learn that it's not our place to rescue everybody going through a hard situation. Because sometimes those hard situations are there because the Lord is trying to draw them back to, the, back to Himself. And if we step in, guess what we've done? We've messed up what the Lord's trying to do. Look, discipline happens because we all mess up. But when it happens, make this choice. Listen, make this choice. Haley, you listening to me? You sit on the front row. Target. Make this choice. Either repent and return to the Lord. Now, this is not directed just at Haley. I was aggravating her. It's directed at Porkchop. Adair. Nicole. Repent and return to the Lord. Or run and regret it hear that? You repent and return to the Lord or run and regret. See, God's got this great plan for each one of us. And in that plan, there are valleys, there are mountains, there are things that we could never imagine. And through it all, our God says, trust me. Build on the right foundation. Build and be kind to others. Trust in the Lord and cling tightly to Him. Walk by faith, not by sight. Honor the Lord with your wealth in everything and listen when discipline comes. Because what the Lord desires more than anything is for you, is for you to walk right in the center of His will. Are you walking the successful path with the Lord? Don't y'all go out of here and say, I preached a preached the Joel Osteen message this morning. I'm not talking about worldly success. That offended you because you like Joel Osteen? Good. Hear me. Success is not about worldly things. It's all about walking with the Lord. And I want to challenge you this morning. Trust the Lord. Give your everything to Him. 
walk with 